0: I'm Carol Shabrias, and I am obsessed with all things related to women leading in higher ed. We've all been through it, told we're too vocal or too mousy, too compassionate or too bossy. We all have had to find our way as we lead within a system that historically gives its accolades and promotions to straight white men. Meanwhile, women from all backgrounds are doing exceptional work, teaching, mentoring, facilitating, guiding, and leading. And increasingly, we're finding and sharing ways to lead that allow us to integrate the demands of our rich, varied lives so that we, and those we love, and those we lead can thrive. Women are leading higher ed at all levels with big hearts and big brains. I'm here to share our stories, as well as practical advice for deepening and extending your own leadership practice. I'm so glad you're here listening to the Uplift podcast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's episode 30 and it's the last episode of the year. Holy moly. I also think this might be the last episode that is recorded and fully edited here at Shesha Brias Smith Next month, my super awesome junior podcast editor and I are being joined by a professional podcast manager, which gives us the resources we need to be more accessible with technology and also to have more groovy social media stuff like audiograms, and just to have a little more time to work on some things other than the podcast. We love the podcast, and we love all the other stuff too. And we are both pretty stoked to be expanding the team. Okay, I'm probably projecting I'm probably the one who's really stoked because Kiddo tells me that this podcast would be way more interesting if I talked more about dinosaurs. So don't be surprised if someone sneaks in dino references or weird dino sounds in the future. I mean, I don't have any plans for that personally, but I'm relinquishing some control. So we'll see what happens. Today, what I'm really excited to talk about, though, is planning, but not planning in any old boring way. Don't hit that fast forward. 30 seconds won't do you any good. And please don't turn this off. (laughs) This is not your average boring planning discussion. I have spent the last few months preparing for my 2023, and because it's the thing I do, I creatively combined a number of different approaches I've learned over the years into a little system, and I got to say, the system has got me totally excited for what next year will bring. I'm going to share more details about next year soon, I know I've been teasing you about it in the newsletter, but for now, I'll just say that our plans include growth, more services, and more ways for all of us to connect. And I am seriously so excited to bring this all to life. So stay tuned for January. But as I was planning, and I was looking at my maps and my plans and my diagrams for next year, I looked at this system. And honestly, I thought, God, I wish I'd had this when I was leading a team on a campus, which made me think of you. So I know it's January. And I know that in higher ed, we often plan for a year that starts Maybe in July with the fiscal year, or possibly in June, or maybe in August or September for the academic year. So I know you may not be thinking about big plans starting in January with the calendar year, but the system I put together lets you jump in and start any time. And it encourages you to plan for a full year, but to implement and adjust term by term. So you can totally jump in now in January and make the most of the rest of your academic year. So I was thinking of you, and I was looking at this, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it to you as a resource. So I turned it into a handout. Um, I've linked to the handout in the show notes, and this week I'll also include it in the newsletter. I'll probably drop it on LinkedIn and Facebook too, but head to the show notes to get it today. If you get the newsletter, you'll get it there Thursday. You can sign up for the newsletter if you haven't yet. You can also follow me on social media, and any of these ways will help make sure that you're able to get your free copy. So today I thought I'd walk you through the process so that you know what's in the system and you can determine how valuable it will be for the planning that you're going to do for the rest of this academic year. If you have worked with me at all in the last decade, you know how much I focus in my work on purpose. I'm the girl sitting at the table when we're talking about a project, asking you why we're doing the project and what problem we're trying to solve with it. So it's no surprise that my own planning begins and ends with purpose. You might also know, if you've worked with me on campus-related initiatives, how much I value backward design, because you know backward design starts with purpose, but then it helps you reverse engineer your way to your goals and your success. If you've been listening to the podcast this fall, you know how much I've learned about the value of community as part of ongoing self-care and overall wellness. So for those of you just tuning in, let me suggest you go back and listen to some of those episodes. Episode 26 with Christina Holmgren and Jane Summers talks about being in community and interracial feminist co-mentoring. Episode 27 with Willow Boniface talks about restoring balance to our lives as women in academia. Episode 28 with Shelley Roeder and Sarah Moore Noakes talks about tiny sabbaticals, creativity, and connection. And then most recently, episode 29 with Alyssa Klenitich and Julie Olson-Rand talks about building a community of care as a way of preventing burnout. So community is really on my mind and really in the foreground of everything I'm thinking about as I think about the sustainability of my business and honestly, my own self-preservation coming next year. Also, if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, you know that in January of 2022, my life and my calendar all kind of imploded and I was unable to take planned time off because my schedule was so out of control. And I was able to reclaim that, but I wasn't able to get back that time that I wanted to take for vacation. Back in episode four, I shared the four key strategies I learned for taking control of my calendar that I put into practice in January. And I know they worked because everything got better for me. Everything got better for my team. I still use these strategies. They help me now. And oh, I wish I had learned these a long time ago. So all of these things fed into how I decided to plan for next year. So I started a little bit uncharacteristically by uh listing everything I'd accomplished in 2022. I wanted to look back at my year and so I just decided to start with a list of what I had done. And normally uh I don't pause and really savor what I've done. I know it's a good practice. I'm not totally comfortable with it, so I don't do it very often. But I decided this year to formally include it in my planning and honestly, I was shocked at how long the list was. And I found myself feeling all kind of warm and fuzzy and proud of myself and kind of amazed. I'm like, holy crap, what a year. But there's this other list too of all the like shit things that happened this year. And I also wanted to account for those as I figure out what I want next year to look like, what kinds of energy I am going to let near me, what boundaries I've drawn with people and and who, and there are some people who I've cut from my life. So I also took stock of what I've learned this year, and I made a list of things I'm stopping and a list of things I'm letting go. Because, you know, it's only by letting go of things we don't want or need that we're able to make space for the things we truly desire and deserve. Where are they going to fit if our lives are full of things we don't want? So I reflected on my accomplishments. I reflected on the lessons and what I was going to let go of. And then I wanted to take some lessons from this year's podcast guest, so I also spent some time thinking about my community. Who's in it? Why are they in it? How does my community support me? And really importantly, what do I give back? It took me some time to reflect on all that. It didn't take 30 minutes. It didn't take a day. It took some time, um, bits and pieces of time probably over the course of a week. And with all of that in mind, then I decided to kind of get into the nitty-gritty of planning. So I approached my planning through the lens of reflecting on last year. And from that perspective, I used the backward design framework that I teach in the Leadership Academy and that I've used with my own teams for the last decade or so. And that framework asks you to name one ultimate goal or one impact that you want to make in the world. Now, I have planned this way many, many times before, and I've got teams kind of scattered across the Midwest who all have developed impact statements based on this methodology. But I tried something new with it this year, since this was the first time I was really planning for business impact. And that business impact is also my life. Like they're really not separable. So the first thing I did was work through the backward design framework from a purely financial lens. I set an annual revenue goal, and then I identified three outcomes that if I met them, would result in my revenue target. And that also led me to establish a stretch goal because one of the outcomes, I was like, well, it's gonna be this, but it might also possibly be this. So if it's this other secondary thing, I'm gonna have a stretch financial goal as well. So now what I have is a financial baseline that's my target, and I also have a stretch goal that I can reach for if certain things line up during the year. So from a business perspective, I found it immensely useful to set a revenue target and then plan to meet it. So that was good, took some time. I kind of liked it and it left me a little cold. I mean, I've spent my entire life in higher ed and nonprofits, And so I was like, I'm not totally motivated by money. Where's the mission? So I worked through the framework a second time with zero attention to finance and 100% attention to mission and purpose. And this was really interesting. It gave me a way to think about some of the projects that I think of for myself as creating my legacy. And along the way, it felt kind of dreamy and kind of inspiring, really motivating. And to be totally honest, I actually did two versions of this because I started one and I got partway through it and I was like, I named the wrong impact. This is the wrong thing. And I actually wrote in my notebook that I was using to plan, I wrote a gigantic "ug" over the whole thing and started fresh. So again, this took me a little bit of time and it took some thought. But then I ended up with these two things that I really liked and I was looking at them side by side and I thought, ah, they should be one. There should be one plan and it should combine revenue and mission, right? So I dug into the framework a third time. And so now I have an ultimate goal or impact, which is a statement about revenue tied to purpose. And from that position, I was able to set entirely different outcomes, each of which will lead to the purpose while creating financial sustainability. And I'll I'll tell you, this plan like super motivates me. It's really exciting. And also now I know what the shape of my year looks like. I know where I'm going and why. And I know that the activities I've laid out for myself will lead to those results. So I've really got a full business year mapped out but it's also kind of high level, right? So I wanted to dig into some details, but I knew it was pointless to plan an entire year at a detail level. So I just dug into the first quarter, just the first three months, January, February, and March. So obviously for the first quarter, I have revenue goals, but what excited me was figuring out what I can offer the world that advances my purpose while also hitting those goals. So I looked back at what I've learned, at what I'm letting go, and what I'm carrying forward into 2023, and I laid out three months of work, and it is work that excites me and energizes me, even just sitting here thinking about it, but every time I sit down to work on it, I'm happy. I get a big smile on my face. And part of that planning relies on the calendaring lessons I learned a year ago. So I'm carrying that lesson from January, 2022, literally into my planning. So I learned a few key things in January. First is schedule your time off first. It's like pay yourself first, right? It is nearly impossible. And in my case of a year ago, it was literally impossible to squeeze in PTO if you're overstressed and overburdened and have too much on your plate. So don't, don't squeeze it in plan it first, and then schedule the rest of your life around it. So for example, now I for the spring have some key dates blocked out, including my kids' spring break and my birthday weekend. So I know I've got time to spend with my people. Okay, second, pay attention to the rhythms of your calendar. This was not something I used to do because my calendar has always been open to anyone on campus. People can Put meetings on it. I mean, obviously I could decline the meetings, but you typically don't. And so my calendar was really at the mercy of other people's desires. And that led to a frenetic rhythm. It was just like constant go, go, go. So now I can see based on what I'll be doing in the business when I have crazy busy periods and also how they'll be busy. So sometimes I'm busy designing new resources and new content, and sometimes I'm busy focusing on connecting with people, but I can see the rhythms of the three months, which means I know where I have space to add in new things and I know where the windows of time are already full and I'll need to delay or decline new opportunities. And my calendar reflects that, right? Like I'm not available during my super busy periods and that's different. And then third, this is a key lesson, adjust as you go, because nothing is going to stay the same. So I have a long practice. Thank you, Miss Stephanie, for teaching me David Allen's Getting Things Done. I've had a long practice of daily reviews and weekly reviews, but it was only this year that I started using those daily and weekly reviews to change what was coming up next. So I no longer just review what happened, and I no longer leave everything on my calendar just because at one time I thought it was okay to put it there. I use that daily and weekly review to assess what I did and didn't get done, what's coming up, and how I need to change my calendar. And this seems kind of counterintuitive, but I have found that being more flexible this way with my calendar actually increases my sense of autonomy and control. Okay, so that was my planning method for this year. So where does that leave me? I know what my year is for, I know what I need to prioritize, and it excites me. I have a fairly clear map of the next three months, and I know that before I jump into the second quarter, I'll reflect on the first quarter, and I will adjust the second quarter based on what I've learned. And I'm not talking about adjusting my finance goals, I will probably do that, but I'm talking about adjusting the rhythms of my days, the kinds of work I'm doing, and the ways I'm achieving my outcomes. And then my map of the next 90 days already includes time I'm taking off and time to connect with people who matter to me. So I know I'm less likely to burn myself out. So here I am. It's the end of 2022 and I am feeling clear and calm and confident about what's coming up for me next year. And I want those same feelings for you in your work. So I took that method and I turned it all into a resource that walks you through the steps I took. So this resource includes some reflection so you can pause and acknowledge all the awesome things you accomplished this year and also recognize your lessons, what you're getting rid of in your life, and what you want to intentionally carry forward. It also includes backward design so that instead of just being busy, you can be focused on your impact and know that the activities you're giving your energy to are creating the impact you want to make. And it includes some planning for the coming academic term, whatever it is, it's not labeled, there are no dates, you get to define what the coming academic term is, and that way you can parcel out your work based on the rhythms and schedules of your life. And then, because this new way of managing my calendar has been so life-changing for me, I've included a checklist you can follow step-by-step so that you can take the same joy from your calendar that I now take from mine. These steps will help ensure that your calendar reflects your values and priorities, and that you're paying yourself first in terms of your time to recharge and rejuvenate and to connect with the people who matter to you. I've called this the Grounded Academic Leader, and it's an annual plan that can grow and evolve with you over the course of the year. It guides you to plan for the full year and prompts you to adjust your plans every term based on whatever has actually happened and whatever you've learned. So go ahead and grab it. You can download it directly from the show notes. If you get the newsletter, it'll show up straight in your inbox. It's a PDF, so you can download and print it if you enjoy writing, but it's also fillable. So if you're more digital, feel free to download it and work with it on your computer, laptop, mobile device, whatever. If you're listening to this the week it drops, that's the last week of December 2022. I want to thank you for joining me on this journey. It has been quite the ride this year. I want to wish you a restful and restorative rest of December, and I can't wait to see you again in 2023. Happy New Year. Meanwhile, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of The Uplift, the podcast dedicated to elevating and amplifying women's leadership in higher education. Take a moment to follow. You can find me over on Apple Podcasts or Overcast or Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also find all previous episodes with transcripts, show notes, and links at my website, www.theclariogroup.com. And hey, I see you with your phone open. Come connect with me on social. You can follow the Clario Group on LinkedIn or Facebook. You can also just follow me and you'll see all the Clario Group content. And once you've followed, please drop me a DM to say hi. I'd like to know you're there. All right, that's it. I will see you next week. Same time, same place for the next episode of The Uplift. Bye for now.